0: Today on the Zabecast, Patrick Reed is everybody's favorite, Captain America, in the Ryder Cup that is, but when he won on Sunday at Augusta, you can hear a damn pin drop. What's up with that? I'll explore. We got a big weekend of stuff to talk about and not a lot of time, so if you've got 30 minutes to kill, and I think you do, well then let's go! <laughs> Here we go! Welcome to the Zave Express, Monday, April 9, 2018, where it is still winter here in D.C., but it's about to give way, or so they say, and that gets me to thinking, I think my mower needs a tune-up. We are looking at many hundreds of hours mowing the acreage, but I'm looking forward to it because there is nothing quite like a nicely mown stretch of grass. All right, today on the show, ten most interesting important things I've got, plus maybe more than ten. I kind of lost track. I was typing things down. I was like, "Oh, I got to talk about this." Oh, wait, but there's this, and then there's like subheaders and all the other stuff. And I figured, okay, well, I'll just get as much as I can in here in about thirty minutes, because I think, and this is where I'm going to rely on you guys, sort of, to give me some feedback. I'm going to, I think, I'm going to dial the ZabeCast down to about thirty minutes an episode. You know me. I am the guy that says, we're here for a good time, not a long time. Got a long email, which I appreciated and actually did read it all, did not go TLDR, but I read the entire email from a listener, uh, Jeff Peters is his name, thank you Jeff, in Richmond, Virginia, writing about how goddamn long the WWE's WrestleMania was on Sunday night. He said it was over seven hours. Are you fucking kidding me? He he talks about how look you know it, it lagged in the middle, and the big pop, which was supposed to be for the return of uh, Daniel Bryan, it wasn't as exciting as it could have been. I am the king of we're here for a good time, not a long time. I, I want things to be a certain length. I think we're getting in a world where things have to be shorter and quicker and quicker all the time, and so I thought, well, you know what? Maybe thirty minutes is about the appropriate time for these Zabe casts. I'm also rethinking, you know, my usual lineup of guests, how often to have them on, what days to have them on, reaching out to other podcasters in sports and not in sports to do special episodes. I'm trying to think, well, okay, if I go get another guest who's kind of, you know, off the beaten path, is that going to be what you people want now that I've been putting out a certain type of product for the last three months? And I'm not sure I have any answers to any of that. Uh, but I do appreciate you downloading and listening and at least coming back for more and more. I'm fascinated. I get obsessed looking at the numbers, the download numbers, and I see this trail where you know the episodes keep growing a week or so after I've posted them. Where there might be another 33% or so of downloads a week after I originally post the episodes, and I think that's good. I think that means people are indeed binge- listening or binge downloading of course there's a lot of people that sign up for podcasts that well they're just signed up and so you get the automatic download 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 certain number of episodes and then it bumps them out and you know there's no real way to tell who's listening to everything and for how long and that will be for my genius monetizing marketing guru chris broussard of and lucians.com who's helping me with this entire venture uh, to figure out how we can do some monetization of this. But that's, for me, not for you to worry about. And don't worry, A, I'm not starving, and B, I'm just having fun doing this. So let's get to it. Patrick Reed wins the Masters yesterday and what was shaping up to be maybe the greatest Masters of all time. Yes, yes. Had Jordan Spieth birdied 17 and 18, To get in the clubhouse at what would have been 16 under par, right? Because he finished 13 by bogeying 18. And had he made that putt, it would have been 14. It would not have been good enough. So when guys like Skip Bayless tweet that he blew another Masters because of his shitty drive on 18, unbelievably stupid. And people then chastised me saying, "Sabe, you're falling into his trap. This is what Bayless does. He just trolls people. And if that's the case, okay, you got me on that. But Jordan Spieth was exhilarating to watch, to come from behind in the pack. Like, there was a real thought. If he had managed to figure out how to birdie 17 and 18, I think that would have given him a 62. Or maybe it would have given him a 61. Can you imagine a 62 on Sunday to win the Masters by coming from nine shots back? Or a 61 even better yet? Would have been incredible. And so I was definitely pulling for him. And then when he bogeyed, that was a bit of a eh, bummer. And then when Ricky birdied, you're like, ooh, we got a shot here. But I think Patrick Reed bogeying 18 to give us a playoff, while it would have been exciting, it's not the same as Jordan Spieth rallying from way behind to actually win outright. So it was almost the greatest Masters ever. What's interesting is that I sensed before the round on Sunday that a majority of people seemed to be ready for Patrick Reed. They were going to root for Patrick Reed because the assumption was he was going to beat Rory McIlroy. So, yay, America. And then when McIlroy just shit the bed on Sunday, I mean, there's no other way to put it. He still finished, like, fifth or whatever. But for him, he was not right yesterday, starting with the first tee ball, which was a damn shank almost, almost a driver shank, (laughs) almost off the damn property. After Rory kinda, you know, was clear he wasn't going to be a factor, I think people were like, Well, wait a minute. Okay, now I gotta root for for, you know, Captain America. Well, I'd rather root for Ricky or I'd rather root for Jordan Speith. I know the backstory on on uh, excuse me, on Patrick Reed, and I linked to it and I wrote about it today at Zabe.com. That's one more thing of inside baseball for you Zabe fanatics out there. I have made a vow that I will write every day for my website, Zabe.com. I'd gone away from that. I've just been posting Zabe casts, and I've gotten a lot of feedback saying, oh, man, I love the way you write. You, you need to write. Come on, give us something every day. And so guess what? I'm back every day. I'll write at least 500 words on something Monday through Friday, as well as continuing the Zabe casts. But I wrote about it today on Zabe.com, and I included some nice links to things that uh, you can watch up there and look at some videos. I'm going to play an audio from uh, one of the speeth conversations with his caddy michael greller in just a second here but um you know patrick reed is not a simple guy he's complicated like a lot of us are and he has things in his life that are not perfect to say the least you know this family situation is very fucked up but i've already had one email from somebody from houston where he's from who says he knows that that patrick reed's biological family is a fucking disaster and a wreck and dysfunctional and he's smart to get away from them and to put them to the side even though it looks bad because everyone presumes you gotta go with blood over water blood over marriage and you know Patrick Reed has chosen the opposite others have said that oh no Patrick Reed is completely pussy whipped and that his bride his wife is controlling and manipulative and he is thrown in with a bad family that are his in-laws I I don't know. You don't know. Nobody fucking knows what the situation is. It's a family. It's complicated. Ever been in one? Look at all the other athletes and their family situations. Look at A.A. Ron Rogers. A.A. Ron? A.A. Ron? It's a Key and Peele joke. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and his family situation. That's kind of fucked up, don't you think? Of course it is. With, you know, the whole Olivia Munn thing and then breaking up and his brother, his parents... Not easy. Everyone has different family situations. What's also interesting about Patrick Reed is that he does not have an equipment sponsor. He has a apparel sponsor now, which is Nike. And yes, they were the ones that made him wear the pink shirt because Nike wants Tiger to be the exclusive red shirt guy for Nike on Sundays. Patrick Reed's always been wearing black underneath red on Sunday as an homage. as you know, Because he idolized Tiger growing up. Don't forget that. Reed is 27. Tiger is 42. If my math is correct, that is a gap of 15 years. So when Tiger was 21 years old, winning the masters, that means little, you know, Patrick Reed, little Patty Reed, you can do the math, save just calm down, was six years old. And then by the time Patrick Reed was 10, in which he was taking lessons from a Hank Haney disciple down there in Texas, uh, that's the prime of Tiger's career. So, yes, he wanted to wear red over black. He has been superstitious about that, but because Nike is now his sugar daddy and they're paying him money to, quote, script his outfits for the week, just like Nike scripts all of their players, including Rory and that uh, that, that dwarf Paul Casey, who almost had a run at the course record but didn't get it. Uh, not a fan of Casey. Probably a great guy, but you he know, looks like a dwarf to me with his arms and his short, stocky body. Anyway so he uh, he wore pink and 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 I guess it's good to have the money but God I could never wear Pink is not my flavor I know some guys rock the pink and they get away with it. Mm, I can't do it but he's now sponsored by Nike for apparel but Darren Ravel reported that even though he's like the 17th ranked player in the world, notorious as Captain America, he was not even on Nike's website until I think the weekend. Like, as of Thursday of the Masters, he was not on Nike's website. Like, hey, here's one of our great golfers. Now, a lot of that might be because of the fact that he is a strong cup of coffee for some people. He is not everybody's flavor, that he rubs people the wrong way, and that he's got this backstory of not only the family uh, split, but also being kicked off of Georgia and not being well liked, reportedly at Augusta State, despite winning two national championships, and the allegation of cheating, which I think is a tough one there because you know you're talking an anecdotal incident, uh, when that happened on a team, Georgia, where they already didn't hate, they already didn't like this guy, and so you know the allegedly the incident was they were playing some match that was I guess a team match, not a competition against somebody, and that. You know, Patrick Reed hit one deep into the rough, and as he's going up to his ball, he found another ball that was closer to the fairway and plopped down to start going to play that. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not your ball. And Patrick Reed's like, oh, wow, I guess guess maybe it's not. Who here that plays golf hasn't seen somebody do that? Uh, me, me, me. I remember once on my trip to Pinehurst, we had a guy, Phil Fiorino, was his name, and he was a, I kid you not, like a professional softball player. Big dude, jacked to the moon, had blisters all up and down his fingers from playing softball competitively, and would have to tape them up. Hit the ball a fucking country mile. And also, crooked as shit. I mean, off the GPS map, crooked. And I remember one hole we were playing in Pinehurst, and his ball was deep into the woods. And he goes in there to go play it, and you know we're not really hounding him to make sure is that your ball. He comes out of the wood play, woods playing a ball. By the time he chips up onto the green and he's putting, we all look at the ball and we're like, "The fuck is that ball? It was like yellow because it had this layer of pond scum or mud on it. I think it was a Titleist DT, which they haven't made since 1987. And he was like, "Yeah, no, I found my ball here." And that was at the point where the, the trip elders gathered together and said, yeah. In case he wants to come back next year, no. No, because to cheat in our little fucking tournament is beyond stupid. You know, it really is. It, it It's not like it's we're playing for a lot of money, but if you do it, it just means you're a complete douchebag. So whether or not Patrick Reed cheated in college, you don't know, I don't know. You'd have to have been there as a member of the Georgia Bulldogs. To fully know. So anyway, back to uh, Patrick Reed. He doesn't have an equipment sponsor, which means his bag is a complete amalgamation of clubs. And it's funny because my bag right now, for those of you who care, golf nerds, yes, indeed, I'm going to tell you about my golf bag right now. Just bear with me on this. Uh, my golf bag is also... Damn you people, this is thank golf! You, ...is a mix of stuff. Because I'm lucky enough to be the sugar daddy or the, or the sugar baby... Of one Buddy Christensen at Golfdom Golf in Tyson's Corner, Virginia. Proud sponsor of the Team Nine Eighty and my show. And so he gets me equipment. Yeah, usually new stuff every year. Not every year. No, I mean some years I take a break from it, but whatever. And so I've got a I've got a Callaway Epic Driver, which I like, and I've got these new Taylor made seven ninety irons, which are ridiculous. They give you ten extra yards right away. Period. Hey, Amen. Don't even ask about it. I'm not kidding. Launch monitor and golf course confirmed. And I've got two money. I've got two Cleveland wedges that are money wedges, a 56 and a 60, that have on the back of it a finish that is a dollar bill, like a $50 bill. They're so cool. Uh, my boy Gitter just rolled his eyes at me when he saw these. He's like, you fucking cheese ball. I'm like, they're money. These wedges are money. I got a Titleist putter. I got a Titleist three-wood, and I got a Titleist... Uh, hybrid, and it's kind of all over the place. Basically, Patrick Reed is that way as well. He's got a, uh, what does he got for a driver? He's got a Cobra driver? No, he's got a Ping driver, a Nike 3-wood, his irons I forget, and he's got some, he's got an Odyssey putter, he's got wedges that are custom wedges. It's all over the place. So now that he's a major winner, and there's very few major winners that don't have a deal to play all one brand. We'll see if he gets hit up and and gets hooked up with a major sponsor and if he changes clubs and whether or not that hurts his game or helps his game. Okay, holy shit, look at the time. Get to some other shit, man. What's in this bag? Who cares? Uh, Shot Tracer. My God, Shot Tracer was a game changer yesterday at the Masters and all week long on 13 and on 18. It was so awesome. And I'm just so angry that Augusta only uses it in limited spots. I'm angry that the PGA Tour doesn't mandate it being used on every non-par-3 tee shot. And yes, even some of the par-3s. This is the greatest invention since the yellow first down line in football. Can you imagine? Remember when some games in the NFL didn't have the yellow first down line? They, right after 9-11, I remember this distinctly, I swear to God, Fox said, well, it costs us $10,000 a week, and we'd rather keep all of our people instead of fire somebody a- instead of having this yellow line. It was complete bullshit. And they eventually relented, and, and by the next year, I think, everyone had the first down line. And then they added the line of scrimmage line. Very fucking helpful to see those things. It, you know, The NHL agreed to let Fox try an experiment with that complicated blue glow puck, of which you can buy like actual glow pucks with the LEDs in them or the sensors in them on eBay for like a pretty significant price because they're now collectibles. And they thought, hey, this will help people watch more hockey if they can actually see where the puck is. Well, how much better is it when you're watching the Masters all jacked up to see R- Jordan Spieth make a run at history and he stands on 18 you like me even though we're not playing can feel our sphincter puckering to defcon one at the thought of shit just get this in the fairway and then he hits the shot and you see the shot tracer and you see it immediately starting to go left and you're like "Ah! that's awesome awesome (laughs) <laughs> and it used to be watching the Masters or any golf tournament, you'd see him hit and you'd be like, Okay, announcers, where's that one going? And they would have to guess, and they would ask Mark Rolfing, who's a foot reporter, uh, Rolfie, where's that ball landed? I'm trying to get a look on it, I'm not sure. With Shot Tracer, you saw it. You see it the whole way. Use it every time. It's ridiculous. I am so jealous of the Barstool Sports. Four play guys. I believe they're the golf writers. I think Trent and Riggs are their names. I don't know them. Uh, if they would do this Savecast podcast, I'd love to interview them and promote their deal, but they got to stay at Gary Player's house, and they posted a video of their week at Gary fucking Player's house at the Masters. That is amazing. I don't know how that came about. I don't know how they pulled that. It's so weird because Gary Player is such an icon. He's so well-respected. But at the same time, he's not an old fuddy-duddy. Like, he wanted to go on spring break break SB2K17 with Fowler and Spieth and Thomas and Smiley Kaufman. And he tweeted that. And I think he probably likes what the Barstool guys are doing as younger, more irreverent voices in golf. And so somehow they asked, he said yes, and they had a, a week of a lifetime. Gary Player, to me, and I've never met him, and hopefully I will, is absolutely a guy that just, he captivates me. He is so awesome. He's so positive. That South African accent is so addicting. And he is just a great positive force in the game. Every time I see him, I just stop and I watch and I smile. I love Gary Player. The only guy I love as much as him is Lee Trevino who unfortunately, you know, these Masters weeks, it's sort of like a big get-together for all the greats in golf. But then you quickly realize, well, it's really not all the greats in golf. It's all the greats in golf who happen to win the Masters. And there are a ton of legends in golf that never won the Masters. Trevino is one of them. Trevino hated the place because he hit low cuts, and the course required high draws. And, the you know, being a Mexican-American, the course is, you know, slow evolution out of the you know racist South didn't really fit the taste of one Lee Trevino. But that said, every time Lee Trevino talks, man, I am fucking hypnotized. And what was great is in the Jim Nance Remembers with Fred Couples piece, which I vowed I would not watch because I'm like, I can't take it. I can't take Nance slobbering over his college roommate one more second. Even though I like Nance and I like Fred Couples, I can't take it. Well, I was sucked in watching it and they had some great, early footage and early photos of Fred Couples growing up in Washington and Seattle. And they talked about how Freddie went to a clinic with Lee Trevino uh, in attendance and was just mesmerized. Then there was some early 80s footage of when Couples won, I believe, the TPC at Sawgrass and was giving an interview and talked about how, I think he played Lee Trevino that final day, and he was like, yeah, you know, and I made some birdies, Lee made some birdies, and they cut over to an older Lee Trevino with now a grown-up Fred Couples as he's giving a speech and Lee is just smiling and happy thinking <laughs> that kid was in my clinic and now he's won the players championship fucking awesome shit. I just, I just love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, Ricky, unbelievable player runner up in the grand slam. Now actually he has the the runner up grand slam. Once upon a time, Greg Norman had the Saturday slam in which he was, uh, leading All four majors in one year on Saturday. I believe it was 86. But now Ricky Fowler has finished runner-up in all four majors in his career. That's the runner-up Grand Slam. And let me tell you, that is fucking amazing. They don't give you any jackets or trophies or anything for that, but anyone who plays golf knows that it's an amazing thing. He's great for the game. The kids love him. He continues to get a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit more consistent, and he is going to win a major. There's no question about that. Okay, let's get stat of the day in, shall we? Stat of. Why don't you just play the music, Zabe? Don't just do that. Stat of the day. All right, this courtesy of No Laying Up on Twitter, good follow at No Laying Up. The four current major champions in their age and nationality are as follows. Masters, Patrick Reed, 17, an American. U.S. Open, Brooks Kepka, 27, an American. I think he said 17. Reed is 27. Kepka is 27. Jordan Spieth, 24, an American. Justin Thomas, 24, an American. Behold, your stat of the day. I kind of botched that just a bit, but there you go. And Brooks Kepka didn't play this week. He had a wrist injury, apparently. Nice guy, kind of dumb, very boring likes golf a little, doesn't like it nearly as much as those other guys do. Kepka's a former baseball player. We'll see if he gets back to form. One last thing about the Masters. Apparently, Lil Wayne, that's right. Lil Wayne, my favorite rapper for, you know, turned down for what? Went to the Masters and tweeted about it, and he loved it. He said he loved it. That is so, that's such an oddball thing for a, a rapper with all these tattoos coming from a Different entire slice of life and the world, and a culture going to the Masters and saying it's fucking great, it's amazing, I love it. Golf is a big tent. We'll take everybody, even if Little Wayne never plays golf or never goes to another golf tournament. I love it that he went to the Masters and thought it was cool. We're done with the golf talk now. Yeah, we're done with the golf talk now. Twenty-four minutes in. Shohei Otani continues to be a sensation. He now has more strikeouts than Max Scherzer, more home runs than Aaron Judge, and he went six and a third on Sunday with a no-hitter. I'm going to jam this. I'm going to pack this up, Jay Cottrell's ass, so hard, it's going to be like a frozen gallon of Rocky Road ice cream from Baskin and Robbins. First game after a mediocre spring training, and Jay comes out with a hot take here on the Zabecast. This show, hi, Otani. It's going to be a total bust. This is a total fraud. Yeah, well, he's fucking kicking ass right now in Major League Baseball, and it's amazing. And I think everyone who knows baseball and knows sports understands how hard it is to be that good a pitcher and a hitter, but this kid is, and it's amazing to watch. Speaking of baseball, my mom calls me last night. I tweeted about this and and told it on Bob and Brian. Swear to God, my mom calls me out of the blue, and you know. When, you, when your parents get to a certain age, you make sure that you, you always pick up the phone when they call you. You don't want to just let it go to voicemail. Make sure everything's okay with mom and dad. And she calls me, and she is spitting mad. She's like, are you watching the the, the Nats game? I go, no, but I'm following on Twitter. I see there's a lot of weird shit going on. She's like, "This, this, this the ESPN, what are they doing? This is ridiculous. I just want to watch the game. <laughs> She's going on and on about these split screens. And I had seen this on Twitter. I had seen a number of people say ESPN is the fucking worst and nobody should ever root for ESPN because of what they do to bastardize Sunday Night Baseball. And you know what? Phil Mushnick, New York Post, has been, he's gone off on this over the years, big time. And the thing about Mushnick, and I like him, but he gets to be a bit bit much because he's kind of like a five-note grump and he keeps hammering the same things. Problem is, he's not wrong about hammering the same things in sports that are complete bullshit. It's a total con and wrong, wrong, wrong about sports, and ESPN is often one of his targets. But, yeah, the the ESPN split screening to make sure that their trio gets airtime with Jessica Mendoza and A-Rod and Vaskurgen is an abomination if you like baseball. If you really like baseball and you just want to watch the game, Jesus, put the game on. So my mom, who's a big Nats fan, as people I'm sure know by now listening to me, Watching in Arizona with my dad. Uh, They're still out there for the winter. I've told him, no rush back. Still fucking winter back here, mom and dad. Uh, She's watching, and she's pissed. She's like, you know, all of this stuff. She goes, who's that woman in the middle? I go, ah, she used to play. I didn't feel like explaining. Like That's Jessica Mendoza. She used to play for the National. I'm like, she used to play softball. Mom, she's an idiot. She doesn't know how to broadcast. (laughs) I think Mendoza's okay, but I'm not a hardcore baseball fan, so I'm not picking apart every little thing that she says. And she's in a tough spot because A. Rod is now dominating, you know, the whole broadcast. And she's like, I don't want to hear what A. Rod has to say about Bryce Harper. And I'm like, Yeah, unless it's about lying about steroids, that would be good advice. Otherwise, yeah, shut the fuck up. You know, he talked, I guess, last night about I really wish I'd signed with the Mets. Fuck cares. Seriously. Show the goddamn game. Am I swearing on this, cast? Sorry about that. I got worked up. My mom was spitting fire. She was not... Does you, you talk to your mom with that mouth of yours, mister? Uh, no, no, I, I keep it for the most part clean. But my mom can uh, issue a stray expletive every now and then. And I bet she was cussing up a storm as the Nats committed a bunch of base-running blunders and... Harper didn't run one out to first. That's another Mushnick thing. God, he fucking kills people on not running to first. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong. You should run hard to first all the time because you never know what could happen. Uh, But I get tired of Mushnick all the time picking out. Oh, someone didn't run to first on Saturday. Tisk tisk. Um, throwing the ball all around. It's just you know they're playing shitty baseball right now. One great tweet was, "How about instead of a circle of trust, how about a circle of playing goddamn good baseball?" Early in the season, new manager Davey Martinez in spring training held a circle of trust meeting with the team where it was just like everyone sat down in a circle and they they talked about the team's past failures in the playoffs and got a lot of run in the preseason because that's what preseason meetings do like this. They get a lot of exposure. And now that the season has started, team won four in a row and they've lost five straight and they're playing shitty baseball. It's early though. Don't forget it's early. Got this tweet on my timeline. Uh, Someone in Milwaukee said, how are we going to solve the Wrigley Field North phenomenon with the Cubs and the Brewers? And honestly, for those of you up in Milwaukee, I have no idea. I don't think there's anything can be done. It's a nice stadium that's easy driving distance for a bunch of Cub fans who are all up and down that corridor north of Chicago, northern suburbs, northern exurbs where I lived, and up into Wisconsin, and bandwagon Cub fans. And look, it's early in the year. It's freezing at Wrigley Field. So why wouldn't they go up to Miller Park and root on their team? They're going to do that. I'm not sure there's any way around it. You're just going to have to beat them there, I guess. The Cubs are going to have to be bad again for it to not quite be Wrigley North. And because we're running out of time, we will leave you with this today. Horrible and ironic ways to die. Why are you going to leave us on a down note? Well, I'll try to lighten it up afterwards. This was too horrible to not read to you. A Russian woman has died after she was embalmed alive when doctors unwittingly put her on a formaldehyde drip instead of a simple saline drip. Good God! Wow. Ekaterina Fedyaev. 27. She was young and beautiful, which oh, does that make it more tragic if she was old and fat? Eh. No, it doesn't technically, but when you see the story, it tugs at your heartstrings even a little bit more. Uh, Died from the medical blunder in which her veins were pumped full of the chemical, which is generally used to prevent the decomposition of corpses. Fedeva was getting routine surgery at a hospital in Ilyanovsk. Last month, with doctors placed her on the formalin drip which can also be used as a disinfectant apparently she suffered pain and convulsions for two days before falling into a coma and being rushed to a hospital hospital in moscow uh it was finally after uh, doctors were denying anything was wrong that they admitted to the screw-up i'm sure there will be a lawsuit oh wait a minute can i go back here there was one word that i saw that stuck out oh there it is routine Podayev was getting a routine surgery at a hospital. Uh, 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 uh. As someone taught me a long time ago, there is no such thing as routine surgery. Anytime they knock you out and then cut you open, even if it's a tiny cut in a part of your body, not anywhere near all the guts and the organs and everything else, there is nothing routine about it. So... There you go. I thought we were going to end on a happy note. Okay. Well, I'll, uh, uh, here's a happy note. My buddy Gitter lost his drone. That's a happy. Good God. I'm sorry, Gitter. You know why do I gotta be a dick about this? <laughs> I'll get the detail. I, he really was sad yesterday. He's like, I lost my drone. Big expensive lesson. It was only the it was the lowest end drone that DJI makes. It was the $500 Spark. I'm like, ah, you need a better drone than that anyway. Just like they say about motorcycle uh, riders, there's only two kinds of motorcycle riders. Those who have laid it down and those who are going to lay it down. Same thing with drone owners. There's only drone owners who have crashed, lost, or had a flyaway drone and those who are going to at some point. It's an expensive hobby. It's a cool fucking hobby. But you're in the hobby. So you're not in the hobby to save money. That's one thing I definitely learned. So... Chin up, get her. It'll be all right. That'll do it for me today. Thank you for listening. A little bit of a different format. We'll see if this is the way we go forward. I love your feedback. Send it to me, zabe at yahoo.com. Remember, we're here for a good time, not a long time, half an hour. Ought to be enough. For more, listen to my show on the Team 980 in Washington, D.C., 4 to 7 p.m. Eastern time every day. Also download the podcasts of said show, either on the station website or on iTunes. And, of course, Listen to me on Bob and Brian in the morning on 1029 The Hog. Thank you for listening, everybody. Have a great Monday, and we will see you next time.